All right, guys, we're here at a new episode. This is Comadres of Comics. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Que onda? Que onda? Que onda. <laughs> oh, a lot, a lot, a lot onda. <laughs> Orale. Uh, <laughs> but, um, 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 Magic the Gathering came out with a new set called Ultimate Masters. It's not in standard, and I believe we've talked about it before, how um, me and Kristen play Magic the Gathering. They call you nerd. <laughs> <laughs> OMG, it's almost like I work at a... <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, Ultimate Masters is actually... The last um, uh, master set that Magic is going to be doing. Oh, is it ever? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's why it's called what? Ultimate Masters. Oh. But yeah, this is the last master set that they're going to be doing. I had no idea. Or at least that they claim that they're okay. going to be right, doing. Okay, right, yeah. They could be uh, lying to so us, right? They could, like, maybe yeah. 10 years down like the line. Like when they lie that they're never going to reprint those certain cards, yeah. and then they do. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reserve list, supposedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's not on the reserve list, it's... it's definitely probably going to get reprinted at yeah. some point if it is on the reserve list it's never going to get reprinted but um, um ultimate masters is one it's kind of expensive mm -hmm. so a box itself is going for now for 335 dollars yeah my god plus tax um uh, for a box of 36 packs of 10 10 or 15 cards each uh 10 10 yeah. No, 15. 15? Uh, I don't know. 10 or 15. 10 or 15, <laughs> 10 or 15 cards each. Yeah. And a single pack is going for thirteen ninety nine. Yep. Uh, but the thing that, um, uh, what makes the master sets so valuable is that they reprint a bunch of expensive cards. Cards that haven't been reprinted in a while. Uh, so stuff like um, uh, Karakaras, or which is a legendary land that taps for one white, or you tap it and you can return a legendary creature to your hand. Ooh, from your graveyard. that's good. No, no, not even from your graveyard. You just tap it and you can return a legendary creature um, uh, to your hand or to or anyone, to your uh, or or like an, a legendary creature that an opponent controls back to their hand. Right. Off of basically. It's OP. It's actually banned in Commander, and it's only played in Legacy. Uh, but it's because of that ability. Rude. <laughs> yeah, it's a very rude effect. Uh -huh. um, uh, it, it would be so much fun if I could play it in yeah. Commander. But there's a reason it was banned, because it was too good. Broken, um, as the kids say. Broken, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, Are we doing <laughs> kid lingo? Because <laughs> I had to brush up on my lingo. Okay. <laughs> it's so gamer yeah. lingo. Yeah. I mean, so it was broken. Uh, so, but they're reprinting it, uh, they're reprinting a bunch of stuff like Noble Hierarch, which is a card that was not seeing less value than $90, mm. and is now the cheapest it will ever be, which is at $40. Wow. So it's still going for, like, a lot, but not a lot, a lot. I have a, a box set aside for myself that I oh. asked Eddie to give me for Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really excited to open it, and I, I'm just... I haven't played in a really long time because on Wednesdays I've just had a lot of stuff going on that I need to take care of and haven't had a chance to just sit down and enjoy playing without thinking that I had a million things to do um, on the back of my mind. But I'm excited to open this box and to start trying to vamp ramp up my Kumena yeah. Uh, deck. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. not only that, uh. the reason also these... Um, uh, uh, the set, um, uh, especially the boxes itself, are selling for so much and going for so much is that because they have a sealed, a single sealed box topper card, mm -hmm. which is basically 
uh, there. This is the first time they're reprinting some cards with borderless art. So what? Yeah, uh, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, and they they look really really cool. Oh. Um. Uh, and so some of the, some of these cards are seeing first of all foils for the first time oh. or full arts for the first time. Really? So wow. So they're going for a lot of money. Now, uh, all I know is that the most expensive one is worth three hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, for a card. Yes. Yeah. It's Snapcaster Mage. Wow. I memorized this list. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I'm not a Magic the Gathering player uh-huh. yet, maybe. <laughs> uh, but I did collect uh, um, comic uh, character cards back in like the late '90s, and mm-hmm. I had like the um, uh, the one, the foil ones, and mm-hmm. I mean uh, the master. I think there was a Masters one. Uh, it w- they were amazing. I mean, just collecting them is awesome. And if you had the ones without the border, that's that mm-hmm. really stood out. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of those cards aren't worth anything. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I know. I mean, I have them because yeah. they're so cool. I mean, yeah, I know they're not oh worth anything. Oh my god! When we were having that sale at Hattie Ho, remember the cards? We would put those things out by the. Mm-hmm. Like by we the had hundreds, so many, and by the hundreds, and people would come and like buy them up because they just really, really liked them, mm-hmm. and I thought yeah. that was really funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely something that you do because you like, because it's not really worth anything. And mm-hmm. we, you know, we had collections, and mm-hmm. but it was cool. You know what I liked about those is you could read like all the. Um, uh, the character info, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, on the back, and yeah, everything. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was cool. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is awesome. I mean, the first time foils, that, they must look amazing. And they with do. the they new technology really cool. now, with printing, mm-hmm. I can only imagine how amazing they must look. Oh, they look really, really nice. Yeah, um, my box topper wasn't very good. I just got lava claw reaches. Mm. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted cavern of souls or um. Uh, Basically anything but the one I got. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that, isn't yeah. that how it works sometimes? That's always how it works. Well, that's actually a, a, some really good on that because it is all the talk right now in the Magic community. And so <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, for any of you out there that are also Magic players, um, hit us up with any good cards that you are getting out of your packs. We want to hear oh, what yes. you're getting. Mm-hmm. And post a picture up. I would love to see them. Yeah. Maybe we can trade. <laughs> <laughs> she will gladly trade her card <laughs> that she got for your Cavern of Souls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. What time is it? It's beer time. <laughs> Excellent. What are we drinking today? Well, today we are drinking Luminous, which... Oh, that sounded really nice. I imagined like rays of sunshine coming out from it, from (laughs) the fact that it's called Luminous. It's from the Great Notion Brewing Company in Portland, Oregon, which is one that I hadn't heard of before. I was just there. uh, And they have, it's like the mecca of um, craft brewing there. So, oh, it smells really good. Um, The can is really cool. Yes. (laughs) There is a you can't throw a rock without hitting a craft brewery <laughs> or or a hipster beard. <laughs> so, Luminous is a sour. Oh, here we go with the sours, I Sarah. Guess. It's a sour, hazy IPA with malted oats, 
milk sugar, vanilla beans, and fresh strawberries. Now, I feel like these are all lies <laughs> uh, <laughs> because it's a sour hazy IPA. You're whispering sweet nothings to me because <laughs> that's what it's going to. The beer pours a cloudy bright orange with just, just a splash of pink when held to the light. Oh, yeah, look it. She's holding it up and I can see it. It's actually very pretty. You can s- there's like yeah. a separation of color from the bottom and the top. Yeah. Um, and it has an ABV of 5.5%. So is this also from um, Compton Eric? Yes. Compton Eric hooked it up again. It actually smells really good. It's yeah. very light smelling. Yes. It's, uh, I really, uh, I, I think I smell the, the hint of strawberry in there for sure. Mm. It's it does smell fruity. It yeah. smells very light. Yeah, I can smell the strawberry. It I, doesn't smell like an IPA at all. Well, I took a sip and I feel like there's a malty taste. Malt? Malty. Okay, do you guys you gotta take a sip. But it does have that uh, slight reddish hue. Um, it almost <laughs> looks like a blood the inside of a blood orange. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> the first She's taste pinching her. Squeezing her face. Yes, the face I'm making from the first drink is as if I put a wedge of lemon in my mouth. Because that's about the intensity of sour that it is. But it's actually good. I like it. This is Jen, and I reluctantly agree. (laughs) (laughs) Because all the other sours we've had, I believe I best described it as uh, the taste of of, uh, throw up. (laughs) Yeah. uh, the, the taste that sours taste like beer that you threw up. And actually, now that you mentioned <laughs> beer that, that I threw up, now, now that you mentioned that, it reminds me of another beer that we reviewed that you said the exact same thing that it was a little reminiscent of throw up or uh-huh. vomit. And I told you that it tasted like pulque. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And then you were like, no, it's not. And I was like, yeah, because pulque from where I'm from, it's mm-hmm. like a, it's an agave. Uh, fermented drink. Yeah. A drink of the noble gods or something like that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so the malty taste I was just describing, I actually took another sip and it's the pulque that I initially uh, was catching instead of the maltiness. Uh, so when, if you drink this beer right now, it actually tastes like pulque from Puebla, Mexico, Tlatenango. Well. I can drink that. <laughs> I've never had that before. Mm-hmm. But this, I'm not a fan of sours. And I've I never know. heard of a sour IPA before. But I like this. I like and this I could too. actually drink this whole thing and enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually don't mind a little bit of sour aftertaste mm-hmm. I'm right. getting from this. Right. Because I can definitely taste the fruity tones to it. Yeah, oh, yes. so I can too. And mm-hmm. The thing with the most other sours is that the taste of sourness is so overwhelming it like it reminds me of bile, so that's yeah. yeah. this is why I always say that they taste like right taste yeah. like throw up because yeah. it tastes like bile. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, <laughs> this does not. This is this is like almost like eating sour candy. Oh In yeah yeah, yeah exactly. you're right. Yeah. Uh-huh. and I can appreciate right. that. Yeah. Yeah. I like sour candy. I do too. Yeah. yeah. So I, I this is like the sour candy of beer. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I I'm. 
I actually really like this. I could drink this all. By I myself. do kind of think I feel I I feel like I can taste the fresh strawberry taste as well. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. At the end when I at the end when, when I, I kind of yeah and it's kind of a lingering when I let it sit on yes, my tongue. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. I agree. And this one I let out to sit out a little bit more than having it on ice. Uh huh. Just because I felt that it would have like a better. Uh, taste mm. not it wouldn't like the the cold wouldn't overpower yeah. the taste yeah yeah no i know what you're talking about kind of a not too cold but not room temperature either mm-hmm. just kind of an average i think that lets it sit in better but are we ready to review yeah i'm gonna give it a full okay so this is Kristen, and i am I think I'm giving it a full as well. So that's actually a four out of five. Um, a partial, I don't think it's, I would maybe a 3.5, but probably closer to a four. So I'll stay with the four. And um, by like the third sip, I feel like it tastes like sweet tarts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it definitely evolves as on your tongue yes. as you take more sips. Absolutely. What about you, Jen? I'm going to give it a full. Because I am, I really do actually enjoy this a lot. Um, Success. Success. Yay! Fools across the board. (laughs) Sarah, you finally found us a sour beer we like. Yay! I'm so excited, guys. Thank you. (laughs) All right, guys, we're reviewing what book? Well, today we have a special treat of two books that we are reviewing. One is a, it's like a, it's an image book, but it also is a very weird, like it says it's an original graphic novel, but it came to us in like um, a soft cover. It is larger than usual as far as a trade um goes in um in size it's taller probably not wider um and it is kind of uh like not no it's wider oh okay it is wider it's um it's kind of a short story i guess but it was uh, marketed to us as an original graphic novel mm-hmm. um and so it's- i like a fancy magazine, basically. Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have uh, a self-published book from another creator from the Sketchy Bugs um, at the Comic Bug. And um, that one is called... We'll start with that one. That one is called Totech. Excuse me. Totech and his fantasy. And we were able to... And it's written by Armando Carillo. Um and actually, it was this year. It has uh, on the cover 2018. So it's fairly um, new. And we, um, meaning Sarah and I, because Jen wasn't there, were able to talk to Armando at the L.A. Comic Con this year. And he had actually a fascinating story as far as his history in the comic book industry. Um, he, well, you were speaking to him in um, Espanol. In Spanish <laughs> a little bit before I came and joined your conversation. But do you um, remember a little bit about what he was saying? Uh, yes, his son is the artist of the book. And um, he actually uh, wrote comic books in Mexico mm-hmm. uh, for uh, Marvel and other bigger names in the comic book industry. So he's been in the business for s- 
a long time mm-hmm. since like the 70s i believe mm-hmm. so um i believe because there wasn't uh during the economical kind of fluctuation in the country he actually immigrated here to the united states and uh trying to rekindle the comic book industry and try to um get into that aspect of work yeah uh so um that was really interesting to me i'm like mike you work with marvel i Mm -hmm. mean you know you have a history of comic books and so forth uh so that was really impressive so that's how we came to uh get this book into our procession Totec. So, Totec. the uh, it's what like a Aztec, um, <laughs> fan- <laughs> fantasy slash. To me, how it looked like is if there was a version of Latino Afrofuturism, this is what it could be like. Well, see that okay. puts things yeah. in perspective for me. Uh huh. And so. Because the book itself is set in some distant future in a distant land that is being colonized by human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's so. But it's very much set in Aztec and Mayan fl- um, uh, mythology right, and um, right. uh, and style. That it's it's very much a potential of what Latin X futurism could be like, mm-hmm. specifically if Latinos. Because and this is a thing that I've always been annoyed by in sci-fi and fantasy um, uh, is that Latinos aren't depicted in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, sci-fi itself has a very strong um, uh, kind of um, um, basically there's no room for people of color in the future mm-hmm. is what I have come to see in most of sci-fi works. Kind of like a, a lo- what a lot of people when. M- uh, people of color criticize um, uh, sci-fi and stuff like that for being so white. Yeah, there's just a, like a like oh like Latin like uh, what happened like when people are just a, like oh there's a, like of course it's white people like like there's no room for people of color mm-hmm. in uh, in the future and I'm just like do you hear yourself like what the, what the hell happened to all the black people all the all the Latinos all the all the all the Asians what did we just fucking they, disappear did uh, they got did, breeded out. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did the gringos finally just pull the trigger or like what well, like what's going on um um and it but it's still very much a prevalent thing and of course there's afrofuturism now that was like uh helped pioneered by by Octavia Butler but there isn't really kind of a latino mm-hmm. version of that and so this is kind of what i got the feeling of for uh and i actually really like the detail in the art for it i very much like totec and his fantasy because it was a bit of that kind of that sci-fi futurism mixed with Latino heritage as well as kind of a Conan the Barbarian. I definitely get yes, Conan. Absolutely. <laughs> the whole gladiator <laughs> uh-huh. kind of. Yeah. yeah. And so and uh, I can appreciate that because mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I actually am kind of fun of the like of uh, the Conan series and stuff like that. I, I like kind of like the, the like uh, kind of almost like a Frank Frazetta artwork feel to yes, it. Yeah, you're so, right. Yeah. You're right. So I, I, I really, really like this. So while I was reading it, it's, it's a bit slow to begin with. But, but do you think that's because it was uh, written uh, first <laughs> in Spanish? That Oh, was it? Well, I'm assuming that because, mm-hmm. like she said, it was a little slow starting off. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I assumed, I, yeah. I think so. 
a little bit, but I also think it's because I think there's definitely different modes of storytelling going on. Because you mentioned that the cre- the, the writer is Mexican, right? Yes. And I've just from my experience reading Mexican literature and basically literature outside of uh, non-Western lens, they tend to be a little bit slower, just how storytelling is done, simply because most uh, we have a history of oral sto- storytelling and how you kind of build up to things you don't immediately when you're telling a story you don't immediately go into like oh this is what happened you Mm. build up to it and this is kind of what i saw with this going on Mm -hmm. is that it was building up to the action yeah for me um i wanted to love it Mm -hmm. but then i got stuck on fantasy's garter belt and i couldn't see past it (laughs) Because actually, Totek is a uh, a warrior. Yeah, yeah. and Totec. fantasy is his love interest. Yes, the the name of his love interest is fantasy, and you don't even really get this until the end, where you see right. concept art. Yes, of her. because I was in the beginning. There is an outside of the Totek story. There is a story of these kids, but they don't really look like kids. No, going to <laughs> their grandfather's or father's house or I don't remember uncle uncle Walter and so they go and the winner they race there and the winner gets to choose the type of story that is being told and the woman I don't know what her name is but fantasy oh that's (laughs) fantasy no Olga oh yeah (laughs) Olga yeah I'm like Uh, I'm just all fantasy Olga she's like I want a love story and so I'm reading the story that uncle walter is telling and i'm like where's the love story there's violence and death and dismemberment but where's the freaking love story (laughs) that's true that's true and like you were saying it's it's a different paced uh uh, story which now hearing you describe that makes me have a whole different perspective on the whole story itself yeah but the artwork is severely detailed i mean i mean i don't know how long it took for him to draw these Mm -hmm. panels because they're amazing and i actually really like the coloring yes three times as long as it took him to draw totex abs (laughs) 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 okay so the the men drawn in this is very much kind of a it's like the 90s fused with Frazetta artwork. Yes. Okay, I yes, like it. yes, yes. And that's both a compliment and a damnation at the same time. <laughs> because it's, I really do like the artwork, but maybe toned down on the swelling, like, yeah. on the swelling muscles. Like, kind of thing. they went to the, the Rob Liefeld School of Art. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, some of, the mount, some of those muscles are accurate. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's why I said it's. And a there's comp- feet. <laughs> and there's feet. And there's well drawn feet. Yeah. And. <laughs> In hand, so everything is at least kind of proportionate. Yeah. So, like I said, a praise and a damnation at the same time. <laughs> it looks like they're constantly flexing, and I yes, I, and covered in baby oil. And covered <laughs> in baby oil. <laughs> so what we have here is just a first uh, um, issue because there's only one issue available right now. Yeah, the only one issue um, available. Yes. But. The actual hue of the coloring of the panels is really an interesting choice Mm -hmm. because um, they go with kind of a pastel reddish hue, which Mm -hmm. you wouldn't think for like Gladiator Story, but it actually works very well. It works very well. Like really well. It's almost like it's all covered in like dried blood, Mm -hmm. like lightly grazed blood over. I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's very... 
Like there's a red mist of blood hanging over. Right. It fits very well into the fantasy setting. Yes, absolutely. This, uh, Agreed. All I could think with this last page where he, where, uh, what's the other one? Tome Mech? The yeah, Tome Mech. Uh, or he's like, they're, the voiceover is, gladiators fight. And he's like, whenever, whoever fights against me dies. All I could think when I was looking at this with all these bulging muscles and veins and everything is his testicles are so small (laughs) (laughs) because he is juicing (laughs) night and freaking day. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God. So um, because this is just one issue, are we ready to review it? Sure. Sure. This is Sarah, and I'm going to do two conchas. Okay. This is Kristen, and I am also going to do two conchas. I really would have liked to um, get the love story that Uncle Walter promised (laughs) me. (laughs) But I will definitely read more to see um, if I can get more of that story. Yes. I'm going to give it two as well, because I was very impressed with it, and I do like it. <laughs> the Frazetta nineties artwork is a little off putting and I can get that. Like there's a there's a reason that art style didn't survive the nineties. <laughs> it survived and it is living a prosperous life in our fifty cent bin. Yeah. <laughs> and people's nostalgia yep. is uh, very very strong. But um, um, I can't. I I want to see where it goes. I'm interested in the love story as well because I am a sucker for it. But I also want to see what more he can do with the kind of Latino futurism he's got going on there. Because I like the giant detailed bugs that people yeah, are riding yeah. on. I I like their outfits. None of them looked like teenagers. They all looked yeah, like they yeah. all looked like porn stars, like twenty five year old <laughs> men <laughs> who were juiced the fuck out. <laughs> so. There is that, but it's it's interesting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm always a sucker for a prettily drawn woman, and there's some very pretty women in there. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, what are we reviewing now, guys? So, our next book is the image one that I was talking about, and it's called The Terrible Elizabeth Doom Against the Devils in Suits, and um, this is actually written and drawn by... Um, What's his his last name is Arabson, but he doesn't have he actually has a, f- a first name that I wrote down somewhere, but it's not here in the book. So I guess that's his, his that's his um, creative choice to uh, to talk about. Jen is trying to look. Oh, in the back, there it is. I'm like, is it there? No. No. Okay. So anyway, he is. Um, I wrote it down somewhere, but I'll try to find it right now. But he's a cartoonist from um, uh, Brazil. So he's Brazilian. So he's Latinx. He's just not Hispanic. He speaks Portuguese. And um, he has done a lot of... uh, of work, uh, cartoonist work for newspapers. And um, his comic debut is this particular book here that we're reading. And it was selected for the PROAC grant in 2014 and released in 2016 by IHQ Studios. And I'm in it, and here it's also being supported by Image. Um, the book was nominated for an HQMIX award in 2017. And so this book 
Isabel Elizabeth Doom, D-U-M-N, who is a strong, rebellious girl and determined to make her own way. Good thing, too, because her father long ago promised her to the devil, and he's come to claim what's his. Part horror adventure, part surreal dreamscape, this original graphic novel features the amazing artwork of new Brazilian sensation Arabson Assis. Oh, here we go. It's a story that will haunt you long after you've turned the final page. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> So just that description in the back really interested me and made me want to read the story. And so I that's why I um, recommended it for um, for our podcast, because I thought and also uh, I thought it was cool that he does everything. And a kick-ass Latina character. Hello. Yes. <laughs> well, I believe like he wrote it and stuff like that. But he also there was also another Brazilian artist or colorist. That helped him called Anderson Sabral. Yes, uh huh. Yeah. So I was, I remember seeing this in previews. Oh, really? Asked, yes. And I think I asked Eddie to order some because I thought it looked really interesting. Oh, okay. Um, um, and not only that, it seems l- there's a lot of good talent in Brazil. I mean, we have, um, um, Fabio, um, uh, Fabio Moon and Gabriel, Gabriel Ba, uh-huh. uh, the guys who made, um, um, oh God, Day Tripper. Mm hmm. Yeah. Was it Day Tripper? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Day Tripper, yeah. It's not Twilight Children, no. No, not Twilight. Was it Day Tripper or was it like Dream something? No, No, Day Tripper. They did Day Tripper. Okay. So basically the one that we reviewed here that was really, really good. Yes. Uh And so the fact that we're picking this up, and I was very, very impressed with it. I really liked it. Yeah. At first I thought, because I remember skimming through it, and I... And I remember being like, when I scanned through it, I didn't like the artwork. Mm. But when I actually read it, it grew on me. Yeah. I liked it because at certain points, it could be very soft. Yeah. And very kind of um, dream-esque. And other times, uh, basically when they were fighting, it was very guttural and very visceral. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I ended up really liking it. Uh, <coughs> I really, I was kind of too, when I just skimmed through it, off. It was off-putting the facial features. Uh-huh, the they facial were features. they were drawn really almost grotesque. Yeah, and uh-huh. I was and about weird. to say grotesque. And, mm-hmm. and, and but you're absolutely right that as I was reading it and and kind of the characters themselves developed a little bit, it actually went perfectly with the character development. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I wasn't off-put by it, but yes, I did think the faces were grotesque. But I felt more it was more like a uh, Aeon Flux kind of feel. You know, kind of like the lengthy, yes, uh, yes, uh, limbs yes. and the uh-huh. uh, the pronounced lips. Yes, mm-hmm. um, some of the women at the bar, because I knew there was this was from Brazil. Uh, some women, the women at the bar, had scantil clothing, and it mm-hmm. sat a certain way on their hips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just like really, I really loved it. I I loved the artwork. <laughs> I thought it was just really different and and really engaging Mm -hmm. uh the the story itself i thought was really interesting it's sort of one of those kind of stories that you tell like it's when a kind of it feels like a folklore kind of story yes Yes. Uh it does and i think that's what in the end really endeared me to it Mm -hmm. exactly because like uh 
especially with the Catholic upbringing, this mm-hmm. sounds like a story my mom would have told me. Or something, right? <laughs> yeah, like right? yeah, like to scare the crap out of me or something. <laughs> like the man in the suit, watch out. So the interesting thing is, is the back of the story says that her father long ago promised her to the devil, but that's not true. true. That's no. not what happened in the story. Exactly. She he promised his firstborn, which is a his son. Yes. But at the time, he didn't have any other children and when the devil came to collect he ended up having a second child which was a daughter and he that mother effer was willing to get rid of his daughter to save his son and the mom overheard him and knew that he was going to do this um, all along and had sent her away to boarding school and asked the boarding school um, the person who oversaw the boarding school to train her and be tough on her so that she would be prepared for the day that the devil came and the father sold her out mm-hmm. yeah as a matter of fact uh, he's like uh, dude I have a proposition for you he's all like no but I'm, I'm willing to hear what's up so it turns out that like his wife had complications on the second birth. Mm-hmm. So even mm-hmm. if he would want another son, he couldn't have it. Right. That mm-hmm. that was his argument yes. as to why he was pawning that off he, the daughter. He was never going to be able to have another son. So he didn't want to give up the one he had. But the selling point was uh, mm-hmm. that the daughter is untamable, e- even, even for, for the, the devil. devil. And, and that, that got perked him. his yep. interest. That perked his interest. Yeah. yeah. But the rest of the story, it's like it's it, it's a folklore in the sense where she runs into these other people. That, yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's ca- kind of like a Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Almost like a. But what I really like though is the fact that she she ran into other people who had made deals with the devil. Right. And yes. Like that. I, I like that too. And I feel like that's like that's kind of very true to form mm-hmm. in that if you're like on this on this road. That you're gonna meet other people who are also on right, yeah. And so I, I really liked that aspect of it. I also really liked the fact that um, uh, the angel who was drawn in there was um, uh, was a colored man. Mm-hmm. Was a, right. Was a he was mixed. I want to say mixed, but he was definitely a black man. Yeah. Definitely playing, and because you don't see that often, because mm-hmm. most of the time, especially in Catholicism and still you can still see it they it's almost like they refuse to draw or create angels or imagery that are Is brown that's brown that's yeah. black or that's basically anything other than white yeah right mm-hmm. right and so i really i really liked it and i really appreciate it exactly well <clears throat> we don't want to give out too much of the story because it it's a story that you really should read and uh, and um mm-hmm. absorb all the artwork do you guys feel ready to Review? I just wanted to also put it out there that it is only five ninety nine. Oh my god, really? Yes. Yeah. Oh my and god, that's awesome. It, it has. It's basically a full. It's a full story. It's yeah. A full story that can end this comfortable, that can end comfortably right there, but is will definitely continue on, but for five ninety nine, I mean, it's not that bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, so are you ready to rate? Yes. Kay. This is Sarah, and I'm going to give it tres conchas because I really like the girl. She's so kick-ass, and I love her sass, and I love her dialogue. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked all of it. I'm also, this is Kristen, going to give it three conchas. Um, and not only was she a badass, but her mom, too, for having the foresight to know who she married and, and uh, what he was going to do and for wanting to save her daughter. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to give it three conchas as well, simply because I really like the coloring for it as well. Oh, yes. And, like, it's it's very, very well done. And, like, I, I did like Elizabeth. She she grew on me. Um, uh, and I like that she's really, really cool. And the fact that she was kind of giving it away, she was able to tame a demon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, my. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. But, uh, yes, no, it's. A really good book, and for five ninety nine, it's yeah. a freaking bargain, guys. Mm-hmm. I really think you guys should go out there and buy this for sure. <laughs> and now it's time for on my radar. So this is Kristen, and I have um, I've been reading a lot of books, and in a lot of the Marvel bur- books, they are marketing all of the new number ones again. Side eye to you, Marvel, uh, giving me number ones to start all over from the beginning with. <laughs> but they are marketing all these number ones that are coming in January, and one that really caught my eye is the Black Widow number one that's coming in January, written by Jen and Sylvia Soska. Um, They are known as the Twisted Twins of Horror Cinema. They are uh, Canadian twins who are film directors, producers, and screenwriters. And they, when they were, um, it's funny, their their backstory is that when they were very, very young, probably at an age that it was inappropriate to watch, they begged their mom to watch Poltergeist and she finally gave in. (laughs) And after they watched it, they knew that they wanted to work in, uh, in horror and so um when they graduated from um college they wanted to try to get into the industry but there was just no opportunities for women and so what they did was they um wrote and produced and directed their own stuff and they are well uh, most well known for their uh, short little story called dead hooker in a trunk <laughs> yes <laughs> that uh that they uh wrote and uh, produced and i believe they might even have acted in i can't remember um but they do have a little bit of um of comic history behind them they wrote uh, issue number five of secret wars journal uh back when the secret wars and all the tie-ins happened and if you remember i loved all the tie-ins so um it is being um so they're writing it and is being drawn by flaviano armentaro an italian uh creator uh, uh i'm sorry italian artist and it's due out in january 2019 so what my big thing is, is I want to know, and I haven't read any pages, I haven't seen any pages, um, but it's on my radar because it interests the heck out of me to see what two writers who are known as Twisted Twins of Horror Cinema, <laughs> what they are going to do with Black Widow. Yes, I I'm loving that. it already. I want to read that. All right, guys, it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. So this is Kristen again, and I have a really awesome uh, project on Kickstarter for Juntos y Fuertes today. Um, It's called Moonshot, the Indigenous Comics Collection. It's volume three. They've already had uh, a volume one and two come out, and Jen was mentioning that we actually had them in the shop and that um, they were really awesome. Um, It's 15 new stories by indigenous creators from across North America. And the particular theme for this 
uh, volume is Indigenous Futurism. And wow. they, the, the kind of like prompt for the creators was uh, using the knowledge of the ancestors. Uh, when you use the knowledge of the ancestors, it is possible to experience history, be in the present, and witness the future all at once. So that was actually really like powerful and it really made me uh, want to read this and definitely want to put it out there for other people to support this work. Uh, it's on Kickstarter and we can uh, share the link on our page so that you all can find it easily, but it is called Moonshot, the Indigenous Comics Collection, uh, and all of the stories are written by Indigenous creators. That is so awesome. Um, I feel like we're going to see a lot of like multitude of different um, beliefs or um, um, backgrounds mm -hmm. into a futuristic state. Yes. Yeah. With a different plane of existence yeah. almost. Which actually kind of plays into the Totec book that we right, just that read. I was just going to say yeah. that. Uh -huh. yeah. Indigenous futurism yeah. right there. Uh-huh. That is so awesome. I mean, I would have never have thought of such a subject. So I'm excited to see what they come up with. Yeah, me too. I am. How well. many creators did you say were on it? Um, it there's fifty or uh, fifteen stories. So um, I don't know. I'm assuming that's fifteen uh, writers, fifteen artists, but I'm not sure. There's some could be both the writer and artist, or some can have a colorist or yeah. letter on them. Yeah, so I'm right. going to guess. At least thirty. Uh -huh. <laughs> nice, that's so cool. So we're gonna send. Uh, we're gonna put up the link to the Kickstarter so you guys can see more in depth of what um, is offered on the Kickstarter and what you can contribute to it. Um, so that sounds amazing. Thank you for letting us yeah. know about that project. It's awesome. So on saludos, this is Sarah, and I'm gonna shout out uh, and send a salute to. Yuri and Carlos. They actually had their yes. little baby boy Theo. And oh, his name is Theo. Yeah. So cute. Aww. And he's like months old now, but I forgot to mention him before. But if you don't know who Yuri and Carlos are, they are YNC Comics and they are on YouTube. And you check out their um their channel. They have a all their uh all their reporting is on comic book related mm -hmm. uh, events, comics uh memorabilia and all of that and um, they're the nicest people oh they're, they're so, so awesome sweet. they're amazing and they're gonna make amazing parents they are amazing <laughs> parents um so yeah check their uh youtube uh channel out it's ync comics um she says she hasn't been able to record anything yes i saw but we hope to see some new stuff from her so shout out to them and when you're saying ync it's the letters y y n and c okay thank you for clarifying mm -hmm. that yes um that concludes our episode any shout outs guys Shout out to all the people on Facebook who have been interacting with all of our posts and making comments. And I love interacting with you guys. And it makes me so happy when I post something and someone comments or likes or yeah, something. It's <laughs> very exciting. <laughs> so for those of you who haven't, you definitely can follow us on uh, Facebook at Comic Comadres. Mm -hmm. 
And thank you to everybody who reaches out to us on Twitter because uh, that's how we got to know a bunch of the comments yeah. that we mm-hmm. uh, reviewed. And please don't stop. Uh, we are always looking for new content and we really appreciate it when you guys reach out. Yeah. And you can follow us on Twitter at Comic Comadres. And we've received some emails as well. So thank you for that at comadresycomics at gmail.com. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for listening. We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.